And we are on. Look at that. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fusion Underground. I'm your host, Manuel Ramirez. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, the wonderful, the elaborate, Jason Moret. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> you keep talking me up. People are going to figure that out here real quick. And what are they going to figure out exactly? That I am not elaborate or wonderful. Maybe or eccentric. phenomenal or, ex- or what, eccentric. You know, it, that's yeah. a good one. I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is actually um, our second episode. And by the time you hear this, we are, it is not May 19th, but by the time you are listening to this for the first time and hopefully uh, right out of the gate, it'll be May 19th next Tuesday, which uh, just so happens to be my birthday, as a matter of fact. Um, but you can send tribute later, I promise. Here at the Fusion Underground, what we try to do is we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about various topics such as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture, and our overall mission. What we try to accomplish with this podcast is uh, we're hoping to try to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. You can catch us on our website at fusionunderground.net. There you can capture, you can get links to all of our different RSS feeds. You can find us on Spotify, on YouTube, on BitChute, etc. You can find us on Twitter at at @fusionunder. Yeah, I know. I don't like the uh, the handle, but that's what it is because, you know, Twitter uh, keeps you under a certain character amount, even for the handle. Um, but you can find all of our feeds on Anchor, Breaker, as mentioned, Spotify, on Google Podcasts, also on Radio Public. You can also get the direct RSS feed off of the website, so you can plug that into any app that you might have on your phone or your tablet, etc., and you can pull it. It'll find us, and it'll put our, pull our podcast down for you so you can listen to it. Um, we do have um, a Facebook page. So I created a Facebook page earlier this week. You can find us under the Fusion Underground. If you do a search on Facebook, you'll find us there. And you can always send us the hate mail. Emails are always welcome. Uh, contact at fusionunderground.net. And you are still not on social media. Is that correct? As always. I am abstaining. <laughs> abstaining in, in, to, in totality. Unless at FU becomes available on Twitter, then maybe at, I'd at consider. FU. I couldn't. I tried at FU and I at believe FU you. did not exist. I wonder um, why that is. I know. So maybe I should have done something like fun under or something like that, right? Uh, uh, ooh, I don't know. That, that might send the wrong message to all of our listeners. <laughs> Well, speaking of sending the wrong message, um, I found this little uh, this little ditty, and I thought you might actually appreciate this. Did you ever take um, trips when you were in grade school, like go on field oh. trips or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Well, and, and you know I was in band, so that was a, mm-hmm. the bus rides all over the place were... Uh, what about when you were in little, like in kindergarten, first, second grade? Did you ever take field trips or yep, anything sure like that? Where did yep. you actually go? Um, I know... Gosh, I remember going to the downtown library. Okay. Um, and my uh, my teacher actually made us use the public bus because she taught us how to use how to use the bus, how to how to read a bus schedule, how to get transfers, do all that. I've gone to the zoo. Um, 
yeah things like that actually i remember taking a trip to the to the newspaper which was actually pretty cool so oh that is kind of cool they actually when i was in uh kindergarten or first grade we did a, a field trip and i don't remember exactly where we went but i remember we used the city bus i thought that was that was actually kind of fun to actually use the city bus i think it's too dangerous <laughs> to, to do that <laughs> i think yeah. that parents would probably freak out um, I, I can only imagine taking a bunch of uh third you know second and third graders on the city bus what parents might say right? nowadays yeah right um so i found this this is a some kind of a school trip and uh i thought you might get a kick out of this um i don't really know what to think about it um other than to uh, be a little nervous. So I want to kind of break this down a little bit as we, mm. as we show this. Have you seen this at all? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Pardon me. I need a uh, button on my mic. But, uh. So this is actually a video that I found off of social media. And here we have a group of kids. Now I know it's a little blurry. Um, this is kind of blown up from somebody's cell phone, so it does get a little bit blurry, so it's hard to see some of the faces, but you can see that there are some, um, so for those who are just listening on the video, I'm sharing a screen, there's a, a bunch of kids that are sitting on the floor, and their parents are standing behind them, and they're sort of encircled by, they're encircling this, this woman who is sitting on the platform of a pole, by, of all things, um, and she's very scantily clad, um and uh so uh yeah let's um let's take a look at this and so i'm gonna actually jump ahead just a little bit here uh so that we can actually get started onto the video but what's what's kind of amazing here right is she's she's sitting here up against this pole and her legs are spread open now can, you can imagine that there's probably a bunch of kids that are circling around her. So I would imagine there's probably kids sitting right in front of her and they have a shot looking right up her, between her legs as she's sitting here at, the, at, at this pole. But you can see all of the parents around. I have no idea where, where and, and if you look in the background, so I'm gonna actually expand this up a little bit. If you, if you look back over here, you can see that there's, there's like some kind of a stage. This is a curtain. Um, and there's some kind of a stage here over here in the upper right hand corner. This is some kind of a speaker So they're obviously in some sort of a of a school hall or a church hall This has mm. got to be in a school and there are Santa Claus pictures hanging in the very far in the back very back background. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, Happy holidays I, <laughs> I'm genuinely disturbed and intrigued at the same right, time. Right. I gotta be honest. The adult in me is intrigued. The the parent in me is disturbed. But, right. All right, let's kick this off. Here we go. Watch this boy right here. If you can, if you can make him. pause it right here this lady right here she's sitting here right she claps so enthusiastically the whole time i kind of wonder is she a co-worker of this woman um uh, just 
no, no, no way. No, no, no. Okay, she she started dancing a little bit here, and, and mm-hmm. I think I can see kind of where this, this is very um, Cirque de Soleil. Um, I, I pole dancing. I, um, She's yeah, pole dancing. It, it is. Um, I I, I want to give as much credit so far that it looks to be true or is attempted to be tastefully done. But there, uh-huh. this is pole dancing in this front is of straight up. This is straight up pole dancing in front of like first, maybe second graders at the most. <laughs> Now, who pole dances to Alleluia? That's the music that we're listening to. We're listening to Alleluia. That she's, I love, uh, love it. I was going to say <laughs> Hallelujah, but that was probably not for the same reason. And, and um, look at this boy right here. This boy spends the entire time with his mouth wide open. So am I. <laughs> and, and, this, and this dad right here. That's, so we've, we've got a one. dad right here he's just he's deep in thought he is just he is enraptured by this whole thing but watch the moms who are in the background watch watch their reactions all of the moms just just clapping and you can see all of the dads are just not sure what to do where's my wife is she because I don't know whether to clap and be excited or be ashamed or just sit there and go, wow, she is extremely talented. And, look, and, and, and not only that, you know that the dads are thinking, if I clap, my uh-huh. kid's going to see me yep. and then he's going to tell mom all about it. How now, incredibly now, awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and this boy, I don't know if you can see him over here onto the left-hand side. This boy, he's dressed in suspenders and a bow tie. He's probably the one who is most dressed to be at this uh at this particular dance recital why are you assuming he's got money in his pocket hey why not (laughs) and the clothes start to come off (laughs) and look at the look at the boy just his mouth is just wide open I'm not going to play anymore because I think you okay. kind of get the general gist. Yep, I got the idea. <clears throat> so I, I, I think now's a good time to point out, we should actually post the link to some of these videos that we discuss on our website for, uh, for people who are actually listening and not able to watch the video feed and see these. Because um, I don't think uh, Dr. Ramirez here or I can really express to the listener what we're looking at and why we're so <laughs> genuinely confused by the whole thing yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just uh i i saw that now can you imagine if you had if you were invited to go on a on a school or even if to come to your school i'm assuming i don't know maybe that's at the school or maybe they took a field trip to uh 
you know, to a, a church and to the church's hall or something. And this is what you see. A friend of mine actually said, well, well, bravo. Maybe they're teaching the girls, um, you know, a, an actual skill for, for their future. Call. For their future. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm reminded of um, Ryan Stiles from whose line is it anyway? Talk, um, talking to a daughter, like from a mother saying a teacher, a teacher, Honey, prostitutes make twice that money. Yeah, I mean, that's it, it's okay, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. So no, this was this was obviously brought. It looks like to me to the school mm-hmm. that is a uh, not a, a permanent fixture pole, but it's a transportable one. Um, it's certainly a transportable one. It's, it, that's it, for it's, sure. I can appreciate the um, athleticism. And and there is beauty to that. I I don't know that I can get behind the idea that that is in any way appropriate for kids. But that's yeah. maybe I'm being a prude. I, I'm I'm shocked. I, I'm really I'm really shocked at at the moms who were clapping enthusiastically uh, at, at this. I think we've entered into a stage of society where we have to approve of these kinds of things, and they, it was just a little overboard. Anyway, so enough of that. I want to show you this one. I've watched this video i have no idea when this video was shot the the video is a little grainy so my apologies for that but i've watched this probably 10 times and every single time it just cracks me up read the the pay attention so before i before we play this i want you to kind of get in your mind this is what women hear when men try to explain literally anything so i want you to think about that as we play this video, it's not very long. It's only 38 seconds. But guys, if you're listening, this is what it sounds like when you try to explain literally anything to, uh, to your woman, all right? Here we go. The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus o deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator. Every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. <laughs> actually the more i think about it i think that's what every guy hears when when the when his lady comes up and says honey there's something i want you to do yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh you know what um there was a time I think that was true when I tried to explain something my my uh my wife thought that I was smarter than what I is now she just hears blah 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 <laughs> she hears this she hears the girdle spring and the uh, girdle <laughs> oh girdle spring gosh. you just the, made that up the Nuh-uh. girdle spring no he made it up I didn't make it up yeah. he said it <laughs> he said the girdle spring I lost it every single time he said girdle spring girdle spring's uh, pretty good I like that yeah I just thought that that one is uh is absolutely yeah. hysterical. All right. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank you. All right. So you know what? I did a very bad thing. I did not actually introduce our topic for the day. Oh my gosh. What are we going to do? I don't know. 
Why don't you introduce I guess, the topic I guess we just have today. to keep. I guess we just have to keep growing, right? You just want to keep going. All right, we'll rolling, skip it. roll with it, adapt, and overcome, <laughs> right? Uh, so our topic for the day, and I'll put it on the, you know, it'll actually be there on the in the show notes, and I'll put it on the title of the of the episode. But um, the 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 to- the topic that we're going to be talking about today is uh, how values and principles guide our lives. Um, <clears throat> the the second half of that guiding our lives bit is is uh, we're gonna we're gonna wind up there eventually. Um, but before as we get into this conversation of values and principles. Uh, I think what we first need to do is talk about, well, what do we mean when we say values and principles? So if I say values and principles, what is it that comes to you? What is it that comes to your mind? Are you asking me or are you asking our general public? Uh, both. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so values and principles, they, they kind of speak to the core of who we are as individuals and and how we how we guide and direct our actions. Um, values are, are kind of that, um, I guess, standard that we, uh, I, uh, I'm trying to look for the words <laughs> to describe, I guess that we govern our, our behavior. Um, okay. Principles to I me are, are that. yeah. Principles are more the rules. They're the hard and fast, um, no matter what kind of idea. Um, and, and I think they're, they're intertwined values and principles. At least I, I believe that, um, your principles are, or should be based on your values. Okay. Well, I would agree with that. I think, I think values, um, as you said, they, they guide our behavior. I think collectively values and principles guide our behavior. And where I would make the distinction between the two is that a a value is something that, um, that exists at all times. And your principles are derived from those values. So even if you don't know what your values are, those values are still at play. So you might, you might be exercising a particular value that you hold dear in your life, but you've actually never articulated it. For example, if, if you don't steal ever, right? You know it's wrong to steal, how, whatever you were raised that way, etc you don't steal. And so stealing, or I should say not stealing is a value that you hold dear in your life. And you practice that even if you don't realize that that is a value that you hold dear. So the values are always at play. The principles on the other hand are, I believe, or are derived from your values. And like you said, they're sort of those rules that help to govern behavior. Um, Now you brought up the, the, the point of them being rules. So can you elaborate what you mean by them actually being rules? Um, sure. Well, let me, I guess I'll use an example and I'll steal yours um, just kind of as an idea. So like a value, if you're going to say um, um, theft is wrong, you know, or I, I, I don't steal, um, that would be a value. Um, a principle, <laughs> I never steal from the offering plate at church ever. <laughs> So, I mean, that's, that's kind of that's a the rule, uh, right? That's the rule. That's, right. that's the hard and fast. You know, um, I think <clears throat> I mentioned one to you the other day when we were just kind of spitballing ideas, you know, I, um, I believe in being honest and upright all the time T- to me, honesty is a value. <clears throat> um, and then a principle that, you know, I never lie to my family ever. I mean, that's a principle. 
by which I, I, I guess would be based on a value of, of just being honest in general. Right. So I was, and I was just going to say that I'm so I'm glad you kind of brought that up. So the, the a value could be honesty mm-hmm. and your principles derived from that could be, I'm not going to lie. I'm not ever going to lie. Um, you know, I'm not going to steal. Right. Um, I'll tell the truth. Haha. Is there a difference between I'll tell the truth and I'm not going to lie? <laughs> Ooh, now see that's that's one that I, I like to tiptoe with. I am a salesman, so I okay. always tell the truth. Or wait, no, I never lie. I just well, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, and and do I think there's a difference? Sure. Am I able to to define it out and make it sound honest and upright? Eh. That's a little, that's a little iffy, but, um, you know, I try not, I, I don't lie, um, intentionally. I swear that fish was, you know, four times my size when I caught it. Oh, of course it was. Or at least, or at least it seemed <clears throat> that way to me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where do the, where do your values come from? If that's the case, where do people, I mean, this could becomes another, another question. So we have, if, if values exist and if they exist, whether we know about them or not, then that means that they're there and we, we've derived our values from, from someplace. So where do you think those values come from? Well, I, I, I think there's a lot of things that tie into values as a human being, values as a man or woman. And yes, I do think those are different. Um, and I think, uh, I think somewhere... I guess depending upon where your faith base is, I do believe that we are inherently given some um, God-given values. Um, I believe that those are reinforced, and I think that um, family and your upbringing really does define those out. And then we actually refer to those as family values even as well. Um, I do believe that school and education and life experience um, affects those. I can't say that they instill them or um, take them away, but they do affect, I think, probably more the the application of how we put those into practice. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> um, you know, some people I think would probably say that there, our values come from uh, not just our upbringing, but would come from something like like religion, um, and and I would tend to agree. And one of the things that I notice when I, especially when I interact on social media, there are a lot of people who um, almost wear it like a badge of honor that they don't <clears throat> practice a religion or have um, religious beliefs. And I hear it all a lot when people say, "Well, I'm not religious; I'm spiritual." And, um, and I don't want to get too far off on this tangent, but I think there's a, I think there's a difference there. And I, and I think what happens, I think when people take that tact and say, uh, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I think what they're saying is, well, I want to pick and choose which values and which principles I want to follow. So I don't like all of these things that are taught in this particular religion. And so I'm going to pick and choose and I'm not going to be part of that religion. And therefore I'm going to say that, that I'm spiritual. And the sad thing about that is a lot of values um, are instilled in it, it, at either the family unit or an individual unit. They're instilled in us from the, that religious doctrine and from those religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Um, whether you are, are Christian or not, everyone knows and understands, I think for the most part, at least the, uh, the Ten Commandments. Um, some, some very um, kind of black and white principles, if you will. I mean, those really are rules laid down um, based on, I think, on what are some greater values is, is the ideas that they are trying to teach. But without that kind of, um, I guess, faith base, um, where, are, where is someone to get that initial breakthrough into what values and principles are? And that, that I think, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I think that falls to family. Um, and if it's going to go to the family, then it can also include friends. Um, and then whom else? So, I mean, then, you, then even with a strong faith base, you run into a very um, real situation where you've got who is influencing um, who's influencing us as we come up? Who's actually teaching us what is value? We talked about stealing a second ago. Um, I believe stealing is wrong. You believe stealing is wrong. Not everybody believes stealing is wrong. Sure. So who, who's, who's causing that influence or where is that coming from? You know, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of values come from things like, like mythology. And I'm going to, I'm going to go off a little bit here and I, and I, and I hope people kind of just hang in there with me while I, while I talk about this, but, um, you know, for, for hundreds of, you know, or I should say not hundreds of thousands, but at least for thousands of years, we've told various stories as, uh, as a species. Humans have told stories. They, they're arguably the oldest type of art form that we have. And the reason why we tell stories, in, in particularly mythological stories, if you think back to stories of ancient Greece and ancient Rome, um, and not just not just those particular cultures too. There's Norse mythology, et cetera, et cetera. Also, you know, Chinese mythology and Japanese mythology, et cetera. But we're talking about stories that that were told to convey very specific um, qualities about the human experience and things that are very ambiguous or difficult concepts to really define. And when you encapsulate those those ideas or those values in a story. One, the story becomes interesting. We can start to relate to it. We can learn from the various characters in the story. And we learn about those values. But more importantly, we learn how we interact in our given society. And if you look, think about religion as being a, uh, a different type of mythology, a mythology in and of itself, then you can start to see how the beliefs of a particular religion start to form the how we interact within society and so those mythological stories tell us what's important what do we value as a group in addition to what we should value individually now where uh where some people might get completely go off the rails at what i'm about to this is where they're probably going to go off the rails let me just be perfectly honest or where people might have a have an issue um we have modern day stories that are technically modern day myths. Um, and, all, and a perfect one is, is Star Wars. You think about Star Wars as a mythological story. Uh, James Campbell, who was a, who was a, um, a very influential researcher and, and scholar in the area of mythology, he spent his entire career studying ancient myths. 
and he recognized a lot of the mythological properties that Star Wars uh, presented. And even George Lucas has talked about uh, ad infinitum his um, his the influence that Joseph Campbell had on him when George Lucas was creating Star Wars. Now, here's where it gets really interesting because you have, okay, so now you have this, this story, Star Wars, and the various qualities that, that, uh, that are being taught within these mythological films that George Lucas created. And then we have the last three films that were made by Disney. And there was a tremendous uproar from a lot of the Star Wars fan base around those particular movies. And there, were, there are people who support those films, those three films by Disney, and they lash out, at, out, out at the fans and they don't understand why the fans um, were so upset over the three movies. And I think what a lot of people don't realize about the movies of Disney is that Disney films have um, completely crapped all over the mythological story or the mythological elements that George Lucas created. And so that's create, because they've crapped all over those particular stories, people feel like that's a, a direct affront against the things that they hold very dear. And I think a lot of the, the people online, groups online who dislike the Disney films, they feel like it's an attack on their values. They feel like it's an attack on the mythology that, that really speaks to them and how they need to, and how we should be interacting as a society. Um, and the other side who supports the films, they don't seem to understand that. They just want to approach the films as um, just mindless entertainment. Thoughts on that? Well, well, <laughs> I, I've actually heard... Um... You're not the first person to bring up the whole uh, uh, correlation between um, Star Wars and the Bible. Now, going so taking a look at um, our, a collection of stories and mythology, and if you look at, I mean, the Bible itself is written out as a book of many books, and each mm -hmm. book contains many stories. So absolutely, in that same regard, um, uh, the Bible could be looked at as another book of mythology. Um, now, if you're going to take the the Star Wars and actually breaking that down, do I think that those those fans have a right to be upset? Well, sure. I mean, you're 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 talking about something that, I guess, for lack of a better word, they've almost adopted as a semi faith, um, and they have a following much much akin to a congregation or fellowship of believers in that same regard and in that same hand they will defend what they feel is the purest um representation of that belief um so yeah and and if you don't know anything about that or believe it go to a, a comic-con once um and just <laughs> and just watch everybody get all worked up uh, um it's it's truly an enlightening experience i i suggest everybody go at least once um for that so d do i believe that it um can instill values i don't know about instill but at least um appeal to the values and principles of a person already that they can actually align with um and then so it becomes in that sense i guess part of you or aligned with you much like a, a friend along that journey that you go along with them um, on that quest or in that uh, that adventure with them and so when that's attacked 
it does feel very personal, much, much like it would be to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't, you know, I mean, there's, there are a lot of people who really defend the films, the, you know, the Star Wars films. And I know you can look at them as just my, mindless entertainment. Um, but I would challenge people, you know, what, what are, what are those things about the original, for example, the original Star Wars film that, that, um, that are meaningful and that, that do represent as myth and, and that develop values that, that people can really believe in. And, and uh, you're laughing at me. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it's, you know, you look at, I mean, go online. There, there are actually new religions around the Jedi Order, for example. I mean, this I is, kind of, a, this is I... kind of a goofy one. I get that it's goofy. That's the, that's kind of the fun thing about, about mythology, but they do build into our values. We have people, you even have people, um, there's a, there's a film, it's a documentary called Trekkies. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, it's a documentary on, on Star Trek fans and it's, it's absolutely hysterical. It's a great movie to watch. I recommend anybody go and watch it. Um, but there are people on there that I think, I think to a certain degree, uh, Star Trek in and of itself can be its own modern day mythology. And there are people who, who pride and they're they're on that they're on that uh that documentary where they they talk about how they pride themselves as as identifying as vulcans right, right. as dr spock right. as being very logical and and <laughs> <laughs> which right. is which is completely oxymoronic if you're going to self-identify as a vulcan and then tell me it's because you're logical <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's like illogical, logical at the same right, time. It's right, a total oxymoron. It, it logically know? makes no logical sense, logically. <laughs> but. but, but you know, I mean, these people are obviously finding something that, something that is speaking to them on an internal level and saying, hey, that's a value that I actually, uh, that I can identify with, right? Well, and, and we don't have to take it quite even so deep. I mean, you know, um, okay. I, <laughs> little known secret about Jason. I used to play in my backyard with a, my, a hat that I found at a yard sale and a rope and, and slap it across my swing set because I thought that just like Indiana Jones, I was going to be able to get it to catch <laughs> and swing across because I wanted to be an archaeologist because he was amazing. And uh -huh, uh -huh. I was a big Indiana Jones fan and I loved it. And I, and I, I swore that was, that, was, that was just, there was nothing better than Indiana Jones. He was the best. And then mm -hmm. the crystal skull happened. And it really, for me, was... Now see, I see your face, so this is I good. Like the, I'm one of the few oh, people no, on the planet no. who likes that movie. Oh, see? No, no, no. <laughs> then this is what I'm talking about. But that's, so this is perfect. You're able to actually look at that as pure entertainment and just enjoy the film for right. What it I don't was. see. I don't see Indiana Jones right. as being mythology. I, I no, see them and as for, being really crazy, over the top pulp adventures. But go right. Ahead. And for me, Indiana Jones was almost. Uh, I don't want to call him a role model, but um, kind of an icon for me growing up. And what they did to him hurt me personally. Did it hurt you personally or did you just get older and you're now looking at it with adult eyes? You know, that's really not important. The fact of the matter <laughs> is, <laughs> but what we're talking about, honestly, is it, it's, I connected with that. There was okay. something about that character and those movies that connected with me personally, internally. Um, and 
I became protective of the idea of that character, the values that he held, the principles that he lived by, the, um, uh, the stories that were told up until that point. Mm-hmm. And those came under attack and I took it personally. It was almost as if it was happening to me and I could do nothing about it. And you're talking about that same with um, the Star Wars fans that just cannot let go of Star Wars or look at it as just three standalone movies, um, which I can, I understand. I don't have to agree with it, but I can understand it. Um, And now I want to do an episode where we just talk about Star Wars or Indiana Jones. No. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay. Well, well, so let's get, let's kind of get back on, on the, um, on the topic of values and principles. Let's bring that back around. And you, one thing that um, one thing that really bothers me when you look at at um, at psychology, the literature in psychology, there there is a lot of um, there are a lot of scholars who write about values and principles, and they talk about values as existing in a hierarchy. And I have a I have a tremendous problem with equating or placing values in a hierarchy. Because in my opinion, when you do that, you're basically saying that this value is more important. And I think that if you place them in a hierarchy, then then that allows you to essentially say, well, you know, this third value that I have, I'm not going to abide by that one because this topic that I'm looking at or this thing that I'm considering it doesn't really align with that third value, but it still aligns with my first value, so I'm gonna be okay. And so I think it allows people, when we place values in a hierarchy, I think it allows people to, um, to basically violate their own moral code and, and still allows them to be able to sleep well at night. I don't give you a perfect example, and it's not, and I know this is gonna be a very contentious topic but i'll bring up abortion just for five seconds we're not going to spend we're not going to debate whether or not abortion is good or bad okay we're we're not you can have values around abortion pro and con etc whatever we're not talking about that we we got it it's not an abortion discussion move on (laughs) okay okay but i think there are there are people can have values where they it allows them to be pro-abortion in certain situations but then they literally want to um, reach out and kill somebody um, for doing something, something else. So I think in that situation, I think what happens is people place their values in a hierarchy so they can say, well, I'm for this kind of life, but I'm not for this other kind of life. And I think people who are pro-abortionists will kind of create different definitions around what life is so that the ickiness of the concept of abortion doesn't match up to their value and so then they can sleep well at night and i think that's kind of i think that's a cop-out i'm not saying you shouldn't be pro-abortion or 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 pro-choice etc but i think when you're doing that if you do that i think you need to reevaluate your 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 own personal values and think how do i get back into realignment because if you're not aligned correctly then you're going to be kind of all over the place and i wonder if i lost you because now you're frozen in your <laughs> Okay, sorry about that. We I we had some kind of uh internet technicality on my end. Um 
but it was great because as I was finishing on that last piece, uh, you were looking at me like this. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the bars on, on, where it said uh, <laughs> Dr. Ramirez down here and all the bars went. <laughs> and I was like, uh oh, I lost him. And then, and then it just like I got kicked out. And I was like, oh, uh, crap. All right. Well, <laughs> technical okay. difficulties. We're high tech here at Fusion Underground. Are we? Are we? Yeah, just, sir. Yeah. That's a, you know what we need? We need a Snurdly. Do you know who Snurdly is? Yes. Yes, we do need a Snurdly. So for those who for those who don't know, Rush Limbaugh. I know. I know. People are gonna. Some people are gonna be like, hey, "This guy listens to Rush Limbaugh." Yeah, I used to. I haven't listened to him in a while, but uh, I, I dig Rush. Uh, so sue me. Uh, Rush has this guy. Uh, who sits off on the side and feeds him information. He's the guy that handles all of the calls, etc. cetera. Um, and his name's Bo Snurdly. Um, and Rush will talk to him. But of course, we never hear what Snurdly has to say. So Rush will just yell at Snurdly off, you know, off to the side and everything. We need a Snurdly. We need a Snurdly that we can just kind of, who wants to be our Snurdly? We need somebody to come and be our Snurdly for us. Oh my gosh, you just opened the floodgates. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to come and join us and sit on the call and yeah. not say anything. The They're going to sit time. over here uh, uh, with me. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He says he thinks we're full of, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody like that. We need a yeah. snurdly. Who wants to yeah. be our snurdly? All right. That scares me. Oh gosh. Okay. So before you lost me, the entire thing that I was making, my whole point, was it trouble if we get if we don't have a, if we're trying to take a topic and we're trying to be supportive of that particular topic mm -hmm. if if that topic aligns to maybe one value but not another i think we're at we're in chaos at that point well the idea of having your your values on a hierarchy just you don't live your life in a hierarchy um are at least I don't. Um, I can't speak for everybody, so I apologize if I offended you out there already. But then uh, stay tuned. Um, it really your your values should kind of align with each other already. Um, I'm not telling you or anyone else how to define what those values are, or necessarily that you right. should. I mean, really, when when you are presented with a situation and you have a a gut reaction of whether it's right or wrong or how you feel about it that to me is part of your inner values and your inner principles trying to tell you or kick you in the back of the head um this is right or this is wrong and you know it there's nothing wrong with actually listening to that inner voice kicking you in the back of the head and if you have to try and justify literally taking off one of your values like a cheap coat and hanging it on the coat hook because whatever's you're presented with it's it's okay with all of your others but maybe just not that one right now so just shelving that for the time being so that you can do what you need to do there's probably a problem with that and i would challenge everyone out there to really take even five seconds to look at that and say, okay, why is this causing me an internal conflict? Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you kind of brought that up because uh, what I'm really interested in, and we talked about this briefly earlier in the week, 
um, you know, our values really come into play at any point. They can come into play at, at any point. And they often come into play on social media. And earlier this week, oh my gosh, it's, uh, it is painful. <laughs> Just absolutely. This is, uh, this is absolutely keep, painful. Keep in mind, you um, did ask me why I'm not on social media. I'm going to remind <laughs> you that there, there are reasons and you're going to actually go into one of them right now. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so earlier this week on, on social media, there was this, uh, this situation where, um, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen here. And, and this is, this is an example. The reason why I'm doing this is because I, I want people to, to recognize that our values and principles can come into play at, at any point, uh, at any time in our, in our lives and how we respond to things is really a reflection of what we value. I think it really stems back to that. Um, and this is an example of one of these, these, these Twitter arguments that I somehow got embroiled in that it was absolutely ridiculous, keeping in mind. Um, and uh, just absolutely ridiculous. Let me, let, me, um, let me share my screen so that you get a, you get a better sense of what it is that I'm talking about. So um, there's this, this, uh, this woman on, on social media. Her name is that Star Wars girl. She's a huge Star Wars fan, if you couldn't tell. That's her, this is her up here in the upper left-hand corner. She's an artist, and she sells a lot of art on, online. Um, and she runs her own very successful YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but this individual, this woman in the lower part of the screen here, she with the orange flaming hair, um, she's in this cosplay and she's dressed up as this character named Starfire. And, and the Star Wars girl, she actually went on a limb here and, um, and well, you know, she just said something very benign. When cosplayers do it better than the studios can. By the way, this girl is awesome. Been following her on Insta for a while now and she absolutely nails it every time. What, what would you think would be outrageous about that? Do you find that, that outrageous? What, that this gal is dressed up as Starfire? What the Star Wars girl has said about this girl dressed up as Starfire. No, no. I, I mean, she's, I can tell that this gal has put a lot of uh, time and energy into her outfit. She actually did a pretty good job. For those of you that don't know who Starfire is, she's a... Um, um, a comic book character. She's with the uh, Teen Titans. Yes. Or, or um, as my, my daughter would know it, is Teen Titans Go. <clears throat> which is a better version, if you ask me. I like Teen it. Titans yeah. Go? Yeah. We can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, um, there, I don't see anything wrong with any of this thus far. Um, th this developed into, um, into this kind of a response better than the studios, huh? Where exactly do you see that any, that where do you, where exactly do you see that? Anyways, Stan Anna Diop. I don't know what this Stan means. I have no idea. And this comes across several times. I'm not going to put every single Twitter post on here, but I saw this numerous times. I have no idea what Stan means. I guess I'm getting too old because I, I don't know what Stan means, but, it, uh, but, but this person is comparing the cosplayer to this, um, this black woman here. Uh, and, and these are, these are comparisons with the, the actual comic book character of Starfire as she appears in certain comics. Now, the reason why this was brought into play is what's happening is this guy named Willard, I'm assuming it's a guy, 
this guy is is taking issue and and saying that well this actress essentially what he the way he's interpreting it is the star wars girl is being essentially racist against this black woman who is an actress who stars on the teen titans television show that airs on the dc universe which is a streaming service and so what he's doing here is he's posting pictures of anna diop who is the actress compared to starfire um the comic book character to try and i get what he's trying to do he's trying to show that look this this starfire character matches or i should say the actress matches very physically her 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 features matches this character starfire and and, and so he's finding it racially insensitive by what the star wars girl has said okay wait 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 so so two things now one i i will i will concede that the character as drawn does appear to be modeled after <coughs> excuse me um this 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 um black lady's features I, I will i will absolutely concede that point and i think we can both even agree on that is that fair yeah i, I would okay. agree with that um but to then say that because this gal is dressed up as that character and she's not black is racist well, that's racist correct and, see, and so here we start seeing how values are coming into play. We're starting to see how values in, in somebody's argument, the values of, of, um, of race, of equality, of representation, whatever you want to call all of this stuff, they start coming into play. But I think that they're, they're, sort, of, they're sort of twisted in, in all of this. Now, here's what I replied. I, I came on here and I just, I couldn't help myself. And, uh, and so I replied, at no time did anyone compare the cosplayer to the actress. And clearly, by your own evidence, Starfire is yellow and not black. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, for those of you that don't know Starfire, the character, I'll, I'll elaborate. She's an alien. And that yes. does not refer to her legal status in any given country. That is because she's from outer space. She's orange or yellow. <laughs> this individual here, she replied with yellow equals color. She's replying to me. Yellow equals color. Black equals race. Okay. And I can even, I can oh. even agree with that. I, I can even agree with her at least black equaling race. Okay. I can, I can, you know, for the sake of argument, I'm willing to concede that. So my response was, so yellow with red hair equals African with black hair? Isn't it easier to say that a Tamaranian, which is the race that you alluded to of Starfire, isn't it easier to say that a Tamaranian, which is what Starfire is, could be played by any human of any color or race? Apparently not. Right. Appar- apparently not. Oh, my God. So this is the kind of, um, I think this is the kind of craziness that, um, that, that gets really complex and convoluted because people's uh sense of values are are not they're 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 not aligned right they're holding one kind of value but now they're applying this value and they're looking for things to be offended to be offended by there's another person who replied to me and said why oh i had ended up replying because somebody brought in all of a sudden somebody had brought in the concept of race in this country in terms of slavery if i click on this one what yeah uh this one here willard replies back reading between the lines oh wait a minute let me go let me go over here 
uh, because I had mentioned I, what I had said was um, somebody replied, they can be played by anyone They're talking about the Tamaranian, right? Uh, when I had posted and said that the Tamaranian can, should be, be able to be played by any race, by, any, by anybody. Uh, they can be played by anyone, but you're talking about being black as if blackness has got to do with color only when in fact it does not. You called Starfire evidently yellow and not black when yellow is not a race. <laughs> I wonder if Asians are getting upset by the oh fact that they're not. I thought about that. I thought about that. I mean, oh my God. how far do we take this ridiculous? Oh my gosh. And then, so I replied, I did not, nor anyone else, want to talk about blackness. Nobody wanted to talk about black. The Star Wars girl never brought up the concept of blackness. And I said, except for the troll who took issue with a white girl cosplaying as Starfire as some sort of affront to stupid liberal orthodoxy on intersectionality. We just want to say awesome costume. That's all we wanted to say. That's all me or the Star or Star Wars girl wanted to say was just simply, hey, this girl, she's she's an average Joe like anybody else. She put together a freaking awesome costume. But it turned into this whole this whole debate of uh, of of blackness, you know. And th th this person came back and said. Uh, uh, hi, the troll in question is here. Who said I was mad? I was. Who said I was mad at the cosplayer? I'm not. She does look good, but I can read between the lines. Oh, y'all saying better than the studios is coming for DC Titans depiction of Starfire, who a lot of people have had issue with because she's black. No, no, people have not had issue with the actress because she's black. People have taken issue with the character of Starfire in the DC Universe TV show. Because she looks like a hooker. Oh. That's why they've taken issue with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not, because, not because there's a black actress. And in fact, you know, and I said here, stop reading between the lines. Just take people at what they say. Life's much easier that way. You're projecting other people's reactions onto people who did not have that same reaction. His response, again, was, uh, was reading between the lines is how you get what people are really saying. The Declaration of Independence. All of a sudden oh now we're God. in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, okay. The Declaration right. of Independence says all men are created equal, but, we'll, but we can all read between the lines and see they meant all white men are created equal if they really meant what they said. Uh, people would have owned each other. To which I replied, if you knew anything about the founding of this country, you'd know that the vast majority of people hated slavery and wanted it abolished. We fought a war to abolish it. Not every person hates blacks. So all of a sudden we're back to slavery. We're back to the constitution of the United States. And where I find, you know, where I strike issue with all of this line of reasoning is I feel that, that people are allowing their values. They, they have a specific value and I get it. The value is they feel that blacks have uh, have suffered in this country, uh, etc. I get it, but you're you're aligning something that was very benign to that value, and that's not how this works. You and what I mean by this is is the values. There's a value hierarchy that this person has put in place. And so the, the concept, the argument has come in and they've attached that argument to the first value that, that they have at their disposal and they're blowing people up on social media over this. And I'm thinking, but that none of that was said. Can't you just take people at what they say and be done with it? Why go through all of this rigmarole of trying to get into people's minds and assume that they just mean the worst?
Well, and, and, and obviously this person is feeling attacked at, at, at a core belief in some way, shape, or form that it's actually overwhelming their ability to rationally think. And so, natu- so now they're, they're, they're past being defensive about it, and they're on the attack. And what they're, they're missing altogether is that nobody was ever attacking them to begin with. And unfortunately, it, it puts you, and, and I think everybody can relate to this, you are now guilty in the court of public opinion. And you are having to defend yourself. And we, you've now been put in a position where there's no um, innocent until proven guilty. You are guilty until you can prove yourself innocent to this individual as well as everyone else on this whole Twitter feed who's on the um, um, go after Dr. Ramirez bandwagon right now because he is a racist. Sure. And I'm not going to apologize for anything that I said. I don't believe I said anything wrong. And what they're doing here is they're taking a, they're taking a very, benign, uh, very benign statement of praising this particular cosplayer for her cosplaying skills. And they're immediately passing that through or putting it up, presenting it to the filter of the first value, which is people are racist towards blacks. Um, and, and bless her poor little heart, she never said a word. She didn't say a word. <laughs> Meanwhile, what's, what's happening is th- this, this, whole, this whole type of conversation on, on Twitter, it went down different various threads. And the Star Wars girl, was, she was involved and embroiled in this, in this whole thing as well. I was embroiled in it, and I'm sure there was probably five other people that got embroiled in it on different threads. Uh, the Star Wars girl even went on to YouTube that same day, just shortly after when all of these were posting, and she she um she vented and ranted about this these arguments that these people brought but here's here's a here's somebody who's replying to me about the founding of the country she says why do y'all think slavery is the only act of violence committed against africans and african americans and i'm like what are you even talking about where where does that even come from where does that where does that even come from um it's it's uh you know this is the kind of craziness where people have they have certain values and i get it and there's something very noble about wanting to write uh racial inequality i don't think that there's anything necessarily inherently wrong with that um you know so some people have a value about writing um racial inequality but not everything is about racial inequality and and you rather than reading between the lines and trying to uh determine motive uh you're why even bother going through that? And and this is the this is the challenge that people have. I think, especially in trying to interact on social media, they see something, they pass it through their value system, and that main one, those ones that are the most important, that's the one that they use. They latch onto, and and it, I think it throws them completely off course, and it just completely derails their train of thought. No, absolutely, and and, and this is this happens. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I'm going to make a, a very sexist statement for a second. So bear with me, everybody. I, I feel like... Hold on. Do I have to like put a seatbelt on or oh, anything? You know, like stop strap it. It's in? not that bad. No, but I do <laughs> feel like men actually deal with things like this more than women do. Women, let me just, let, let me rephrase that. Women deal with it differently. Um, I think that they have a lot of those same issues, but men deal with it. Let me give you an example of what I mean. I go into work and I have a, um, a coworker 
particularly female, let's just say. And I say, oh, your hair looks nice today. You look very nice. And I move on. Automatically, I am, well, why doesn't my hair look good every day? What are you trying to say? All of a sudden, now you're, you're attracted to me? Aren't you married? Well, you're just a terrible person. How dare you try to come on to me and in your place of work, I'm going to go tell your wife. What the heck just happened? I just said you look nice. You know what? Never mind. You don't look nice. Okay, well, now you're just a terrible person. But I, I, I mean, I, I do think, and that's why a lot of times we're not, even, we're not even comfortable giving each other a compliment anymore out of fear of what that might happen. And this, this, look at what you're just talking about right now. You gave a, it wasn't even you. It was someone else gave a compliment. Hey, you did a great job pulling out an outfit for a comic book character of all things. And it turns into a big discussion about you and everyone else being racist and thinking that this country has never moved past slavery. And the Declaration of Independence itself was therefore also racist. What the heck is going on with people anymore? <laughs> but so, okay. So back to, to values and principles. I believe that defending um, uh, the, or the fight and the idea that, that all men are created equal is a value. Yes. But that does not mean that everything has to be a racial argument. It doesn't have to be a sexist argument. It doesn't have to be any kind of argument at all. Right. And I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> it frustrates me. So this is where the problem where I get, where I have with, with uh, a psychologist in terms of creating a hierarchy. Many, many, many psychologists will say that, create a hierarchy of your, of your values um, and, and figure out which one's the most important to you. And, and I think if we do that, then what we end up doing is we, we run the risk of, of derailing ourselves and fav favoring one value over another value. Or what we'll do is if something doesn't, if something doesn't fit in values in your top value, and then it doesn't really fit in your second top value, but it does fit in your third top value, then I think what people will do is they'll, they'll argue it so that it fits the third one. And then they'll just kind of ignore the top two. Um, my, my take is I think it, you have to, you have to put your values together and rather than put them in a hierarchy, they have to work they have to work together, which means when you when you are presented with a topic, a concept, uh, whether that's a, a stupid argument on Twitter about comic book heroes, or you're talking about a political a, a political topic, right? Some kind of political policy. If you pass that policy or that idea through your values, you match it up. It should align to all of your values, Agreed. not just one or two of them. It should align with all of them. And if it doesn't, you, have, you as an individual have some work to do. And, and you have to either reject that topic and say, no, I can't support that topic. Even if that means going against your own team. So even if you're a Republican, let's say, and you have this concept that comes in that the, a Republican leader is championing, and if you push that Republican value or that topic against your values, or Democrat, doesn't matter, and if, if it doesn't align with all of your values, then I think it's incumbent upon you to say, 
well, I can't support it. If I value, if I hold dear my values, then I can't support this, this, this new idea or this public policy that you're trying to cram down my throat. Right. And, and with um, new legislation or um, bills or anything like that, I, I think that's, that's really important to be able to actually um, really diffuse that across all those values, because there may be, there may be 90% of it that is, is perfect. You couldn't have written it any better yourself. But if you've got that 10% that's really eating at another part of what you consider to be a core value, you don't get to really table that, or you shouldn't. And just say, well, you know what? It's for the, it's for the greater good. Um, it's it's for the benefit of everybody. So I'm just going to let this slide this little bit. Um, I I don't think that that's right. I think that that needs to go back and say, okay, well, I like all this, but this piece needs to be worked on. Um, and and I hate to say it, but I mean, it, our our political system's been plagued with that for ever. You brought up the Declaration of Independence once already, so I'll touch on it once more. Um, there was a time in the forming of this country that uh, those values and principles, some of them were tabled at the time and probably should have been hashed out a little bit better. And slavery was one of those. Um, sure. Tom, Thomas Jefferson wrote into the Declaration of Independence that owning slaves was morally wrong and all slaves were to be freed, period. Ultimately, he had to take that out of that declaration in order to get this country formed. Now that's opens up a whole nother debate on whether or not that should have happened or not. However, if we look at it from an altruistic standpoint, I think even he would have to admit that he actually placed that value lower on that hierarchy. And it took years and years and years and a war and then some, to try and rectify. Sure. So uh, this brings up an interesting, an interesting question. Then, um, do your values change? Um. And and I'll give you an example. I think I, I think they can. I think they can in a certain way. So, for example, let's say you happen to value success. Okay you might hold that to be very dear and you might want to strive to be successful. The question becomes, how do you define success? So in your, in an, if you're younger and you're starting out on your career, you might identify success as uh, earning a certain wage or a certain amount of income uh, or having a certain title uh, within a company. But as you get older, that could change. Uh, let's say you get married, you have children, then your, your idea of success now might be, uh, might change. And now in a, in a career, if we, even we, if we, even if we take the idea of your career and morph it a little bit more, right, you might identify your, you might define success in your career as having work-life balance, as sure. being able to spend more time with your family or, or finding a, a job, a career in which you're not stressed all the time so that you can be, uh, be there for your family. And, um, and so you might call, you might quantify or qualify that as success. You still value success. Sure. You're, just your definition of success has changed. Right. But then again, are, are, are you saying that the actual value changes or how you quantify that value? So I, what I was trying to figure out when you were asking me that question is, 
I think they can be augmented. I think they can be um, morphed. I think they evolve. I, I don't know that I'd say the core values of us as individuals necessarily change. I think they can be massaged, if you will. I, I think um, um, they grow wiser as we grow wiser. Um, I, I, I think some values don't, don't specifically change, but then uh, I could see situations in which your values do entirely change. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll give you another example. If, um, maybe one of your values when you were younger or at a, one point in your life, um, you didn't really care about the concept of, of valuing human life. Right. So maybe you didn't really care about things like abortion or you didn't care about things like corporal punishment, capital punishment, I should say. Um, but maybe as you as you uh, evolve and grow as a human being, maybe you change that. And so maybe you you do start you do start valuing human life more or at least you start recognizing that, no, that's a value that you now have. You didn't really necessarily care about it when you were younger, maybe when you were in college and you were drinking and you were partying and you didn't care if you're. <laughs> one night stand had an abortion or not, right? It was just a woohoo, I get to party and have fun. Yeah, that's your choice. You go and make that choice, whatever. Don't, don't involve me, right? Um, and who cares if the, if the murderer on death row gets, you know, uh, gets killed, electrocuted, et cetera, you know, cut his balls off, make him suffer for whatever he did. Um, but maybe you change over time and you say, well, you know, I, now that I have a family of my own or I have these things, I do value that human life or I do value these other concepts that I didn't really care about when I was younger. And so now you're able to articulate that better. Well, sure. No. And I, I can get behind that. There's um, actually, it's funny. My, my wife's grandfather sent me an email recently that had um, some really good Winston Churchill quotes in it. Oh, I like Winston um, Churchill. I love Winston Churchill. And, and there was, I had one actually, or a couple of them saved up here, but this one just happened to fit now that you brought it up. Um, and it said, uh, if you're not a liberal at 20, you have no heart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're not a conservative at 40, you have no brain. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I think that's kind of what you're taught. I mean, everybody, we, we have yes, that, that yes. free love and harmony and care. And we want to, you know, free for all and, and be for all. Absolutely want that. And then you, wisdom hits you as you age and mature and you realize, that's not really going to jive. But I, I can't say that that love for your fellow man, if you want to take it down to that, that value, I can't say that that's changed. But perhaps the principles by how you love the, your fellow man and how you care for them does. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, could, I, can, I can concede that point. I think that's a... Um... So you're 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 saying in essence your value remains this could remain the same. There's a there's a time when your when your value may absolutely be the same, but the principles those rules that you put in place um, have evolved. So you sure. might, for example, you might have honesty as a value, and maybe when you're at one point in your life, the value is don't lie to your family, mm -hmm. but then you're. At a late, at a different point in your life, you might change, evolve your principle, and and realize, well, that means technically I could lie to any anybody else as long as they're not my family, and I don't really believe that now anymore. So I'm going to change my principle, and it's and it's now just don't lie. Right. No. And and that's so. Um, love thy neighbor. Okay, that's a value. You know. Um, 
Now, when I'm young and uh, I don't have much, I can believe the principle of my life is to give the man a shirt off my back if it helps. Um, as I have aged and matured, I am all for giving anyone out there a hand up and I refuse to give a hand out. That's how that principle could change. I could still love my neighbor very, very much, but how I aid and or assist that person may change depending upon how um, my life experiences has molded me. Okay. Um, so for, for anybody who's, who might be listening, uh, one thing, you know, one thing I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of throw this out here. Uh, I, I have no idea how long this is going. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea. We did have um, a little break in service. So. We, we did. We had a little bit of break. So uh, we did, we did lose about what, five minutes or so, five, seven minutes um, yeah, during some, the break. Um, but when I'm, I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking, I don't really know how long this particular um, episode is going to last. One thing when we, and just to let people know, when we started this particular podcast, we weren't so worried about the time frame, And, and the reason why I wasn't really worried about the time frame is uh, our dear listener can pause, can pause this. They can come back to it at a later time. Um, so if right now, since we're only launching once a week, we're only releasing once a week, uh, more content's better as, as yeah. kind of how I see it. You can pause and you can come back to us a couple of days later. Maybe you can um, get mad, send us hate mail, and then come back and hit play uh, at a later time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for, for the listener, I want to kind of switch just a little bit and say, well, how do you get those? How do you know what your values are? How do you, what are things that somebody can do to try to understand and do some sort of retrospection on their own self and their own life to try to figure out, well, what are my values? Well, oof, that's, that's tough. And, and I almost have to say it's kind of a trial and error situation. Um, at least it is for me. I, I was trying to figure out how to quantify this for myself. And, and actually, you, you got me talking a little bit about a, a code of honor um, in one of our, our – actually, it was our first episode. So, Last episode, yeah. Yeah. Um, I started looking a little bit at that. And I was able to identify some things, I think, for me um, that are – core values. But um, I think I even touched on it a little bit um, tonight. When you have a, a situation or anything that, that you're posed with that you know creates that, as um, psychologists call it, a cognitive dissonance um, within yourself, where, where you just, it, it creates a disconnect that it's not sitting well with you. You get that turning in your stomach. You, you can't quite wrap your head around it, even though you know, yeah, it makes sense, but there's something off. There's something wrong with that. That's something I, I would challenge everyone out there to really look at that and say why, um, and and break it down to its to its core idea. Um, why is that causing such a problem for me? Um, because either it's it's something that really does speak to a core value, or it's perhaps something that you've heard or or been raised with or raised around and and it might be something that you can isolate that you don't want um to be um part of who you are as a person and it allows you to then better self-identify it and shed that if that is the case i don't think i don't think many people do that i don't think people i don't think the majority of people take the opportunity or spend time reflecting on what they believe and why they believe it and i don't think that people will will reflect 
I don't think people regularly reflect on specific topics. If, if there's a topic um, that, that comes out in, in, in media, et cetera, and if they have an immediate reaction to it, I don't think most people will stop and think, well, why do I think that way? Oh, even if no. that's something they support and they want to support, even if they want to support it. So even if, the, if you say, yes, I want to raise people's taxes, do you stop and think, why do I want, why do I believe that? Why is that important? What are the, what are the challenges associated with that? What are, what is the, the opposite argument for that? Do I, should I consider that? What does that mean? Um, are there people going to be hurt by it? Are there people who are going to benefit by it? Etc. I don't think people do that hard work of analyzing why they believe something. Um, and maybe I'm wrong on that. No, I think you're right. And um, that goes back to I'll always ask those questions. Who, what, where, why, and how? Um, and, and especially when it comes to your own knee-jerk reaction. Um, anytime that you're ready to jump on the bandwagon without knowing <laughs> what's really behind the curtain, that should be a red flag. Why? Why? Why am I so ready to jump on that? Because it, it is very possible that it's something's being sold to you and appealing to you in such a way that that you are abandoning um, all rational thought otherwise. To the contrary. So, if you can break that down and you can ask those questions and, and that aligns with your core values, then heck yeah, pay the admission price, buy your ticket, and get on the ride. But if it doesn't, Figure out why. And, and to the contrary, if you're presented with something and you are so vehemently opposed, it's just, no, all you can, all you, your only reaction is rage. I mean, that's what happened to, to you on Twitter. The only reaction is outrage and rage. Why? Break that down. Why is that your go-to? Why is that the only reaction that you have? Because the likelihood is either it is something that, that you are, are it's not jiving with a core value or you have taken it to that place without really looking at it logically and actually understanding what's been said. And that's good. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that I do uh, is, is I coach people, I coach teams, I coach executives on how to be better at what it is that they do. So whether it's looking at a particular team and trying to understand what is it that they're doing or they're trying to accomplish and then how do they get better at it or working with executives and saying, well, how do you, uh, how do you get better at being a leader, for example, right? So I do a lot of coaching on that. That's part of, that's part of my regular job. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I, I, want you to, I want you to look at me and say, what would you say you do here just once <laughs> what do i do no no never mind you missed oh, okay it. it's okay <laughs> I, I picture you as one of the bobs you're an efficiency expert what and would one you of the say one of the bobs you do here <laughs> one of the bobs oh my god i haven't seen that movie in forever all right one of sorry the, everybody one of, one of the bobs from momentary sidetrack from, from office space yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's fantastic. Yep. We, that's we lost fantastic. it. We that's lost fantastic. it. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, one of, one of the things that I do is I'm coaching as I'm coaching people and, and, uh, and leaders, et cetera, 
is I challenge them to understand or I, I challenge them and try to hold them accountable for the values that they have or the values of their team or and the values of the organization so that they can make sure that that the work that they're doing aligns to that particularly with leaders leaders are trying to lead an organization so it becomes well what are the values of that organization and if your organization has very specific values then it it should follow that the projects that you're working on should align to those values as well as whatever goals that you might set but your goals should be aligned to your value so you have your values as your your uppermost your highermost category and then from there you have the goals that you're trying to to achieve as an organization and you might you, those can change on an annual basis let's say but those goals should align to those values um, you shouldn't you shouldn't pursue any goals that are contrary to contra to your your values otherwise your customers are going to become really confused and they're not going to they're not going to be able to identify with you anymore because they buy into those values or customers buy into those values. And then from those goals that you're trying to achieve, then your projects, the things that you're working on on a daily basis, they should also align to those various goals. And so what I try to do is I try to work with people and say, look, can we identify five to seven? And maybe, maybe even five is too much. And, and if that's the case, then three to seven, anywhere between, but I like to try to say five to seven when I, when I'm working with people, five to seven different or specific words that encapture what it is that you're trying to, what it is that you value. Um, and for example, you might have a, you might have a, a word like curiosity, you might have a word like justice, or you might have a word like loyalty. And so those kinds of, of words, ident they, they encapsulate what it is that you value. If you value uh, loyalty, then, then your projects, your goals, et cetera, should align to strengthening loyalty, promoting loyalty, as an example. Um, that's something that, like the Marine Corps, right? They, you know, Semper Fi, it's, it, talks, it, it speaks to loyalty. Um, so the, it, from a Marine Corps standpoint, everything that they do, how they train, how they teach, how they build soldiers up, they all do that with kind of a, a nod to being loyal. Does that make sense? It don't, no, it does. And, and really, I guess the, the, the idea here, I think, that, that we're trying to circle around is, is without understanding what your values and principles are, you are opening yourself up and you are free to be pulled, prodded, pushed, yanked, and, and generally guided anywhere by anyone. Right. Um, and, right. and I, I'm right. not, I'm, I'm not telling everybody out there to be paranoid, but understand who you are as an integral individual and it will make you a stronger man or woman. It will make you a stronger, um, husband or wife, a stronger father or mother, um, a better, uh, employee or employer. Um, it's, it really is going to help guide you through life more than being led by someone else through it. Absolutely. And, and you know, one of the, th one of the ways that you can accomplish this is, is, is get, get a piece of paper and, and brainstorm ideas, brainstorm, brainstorm different. Uh, think about a time when you were happiest or um, you know, you can, you can think about a time when you were uh, when you were, most proud you know were you proud when you 
when you had your first child or were you proud when you completed a specific, uh, you know, when you redesigned your, your, your backyard, et cetera. Right. Um, who shared in those, in those moments, who shared in that happiness, who shared in those moments where you were most proud, um, or, or you even looking at a different way, think about times where you were very satisfied or you were really, um, you were fulfilled in your life. And those things are all, your life is always in flux. It's always changing, but, but there are going to be those peaks where you felt happiest or you felt very fulfilled. And so when you think about those kind of situations in your life, what were the things that you needed? What were the things that you were, were striving for? Um, and, you know, just write down whether it's words or it's sentences, et cetera, kind of do some brainstorming. What, what were the experiences about? What were you trying to accomplish when you became happiest or when you became uh, proud of your, of your accomplishment? Um, what were things that you were after that you were hoping to, to achieve? And then look at all of the data that you created there as you're brainstorming, you're coming up with these ideas. And I was really happiest at this moment and, and, and think about, well, what was happening in your life around that moment? And, and, and just kind of jot down the different concepts. And what you're, what you're trying to do is you're, you're trying to get a lot of data on, pay, on the paper. What makes you happier? What made you most fulfilled? And what are all the different elements that are around that? Who are the different people that are around that? What was going on in your life? What are all the contextual elements that were happening in your life? And look for themes associated with those different concepts and try to figure out, well, were you, were you happy because uh, you were free? Then maybe, maybe you value freedom. Uh, maybe you were happiest because you threw out a bunch of clothes and you, you got rid of a bunch of junk in your house. So maybe something like minimalism or simplicity is really what you is one of your values, for example, or maybe you were really happy, happiest or fulfilled when you were uh, donating your time and, and giving to charitable causes. So maybe altruism is one of your values. So these are ways that you can try to look and analyze at your life and the things that you've accomplished and where you've come from and try to figure out five to seven, just at the, off the top of your head, five to seven different kind of unique words that encapsulate the things that you value. And I think from there, you can start to have really honest conversations with yourself to say, do all of these values align? Do they work together? Do they mesh? do they come together and make me who I am? Do you think that's too much of a task for people to do on a regular basis or just, even if it's just once? Well, and I, I think it's a great exercise, if nothing else, to do at least once. Um, and, and if you can't, um, if you can't do that, focusing on what made you happy, well then take it the other way. What made you sad? When were the times sure. that you were yeah. hurt the most? When were the times you felt most alone? When were the times you felt most angry and most um, personally offended by anything? Because those are going to speak contrarily to those values as well. And um, I, I think it's something good to do on a, on a I don't want to say a regular basis, like you don't need to do it every week, but um, no, maybe no, no, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and maybe look at it at major points of your life too. see how those things may have changed. Um, yeah throughout and, and and that's interesting anyway at least getting a, a a little bit of perspective on who you were as a as a quote-unquote kid versus who you are now as an adult and it might even set you up with a little bit of perspective on what you might be looking for in the coming years as you age 
I like the idea of looking at things that made you happy or, or I'm sorry, made you sad or made you depressed or um, what are those things? Because what you can do by doing that is you can eliminate stuff. Um, I'll give you an example. If you're, if you're, if you're wanting to go out to dinner uh, with your significant other and if you see, you know, you ask your wife and you say, well, where do I want to go? Where do you want to go to eat? It, usually they'll say, well, I don't know. Right. Oh my God. No, uh, dinner, dinner discussion. Let's not ever have that, that top ever but, again. But if, but you can make it interesting. You can actually narrow in by starting with what you don't want. Right. So it's, it's easy to, it's easier to say, well, do you want seafood? No, I don't want seafood. Okay. We eliminated things yeah. like red lobster, etc. Right. Yeah. Do you want Italian food? No, I don't want Italian food. Okay. So we're not going to the olive garden, right? Okay. So do you, do you want a cheeseburger? No, I don't want a cheeseburger. Okay. So all of the places that serve cheeseburgers are out. Right. So you can, you can start eliminating things and then whatever's left, well, those might be your values. Sure. I like that idea. I like yeah. that idea. And, and for every guy out there listening, I'm going to tell you right now a little trick to that. Always give your wife three or five options and have her eliminate one or two, depending upon how many you give, because then you're always going to come down to two. If you give her five, say, okay, take two away. Then you can go down and get down to two. <laughs> At least that way, because they'll never make a decision once you get to two. But trust me, you'll be able to, by that time in the conversation, you'll be able to pick one, and that's it. <laughs> but honestly, for, um, for your values and principles, you can do the exact same thing. Take, make a whole list and actually start weeding those out. Um, I think more than anything, everybody out there wants to believe that they are consistent and concise in what they believe, whatever that is. And nobody likes feeling like a hypocrite. And if you have a better understanding of what those values are, you stand a better chance of being able to defend your position, no matter how you're challenged with it, based on that. That's good. I don't have anything else to add on that whole topic. Well, there you go. There, assignment, America. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we kind of covered it. Um, you know, hopefully people will start looking at, you know, their print, their values and principles and coming up with them. I know we didn't really spend a lot of time on, on principles. Um, but you know, those are really kind of pithy little rules that you might piece together that help you, uh, with the decision-making. And, and once you understand what your values are, then you can, you can come up with, um, with individual principles or, or principles might sort of, come to you automatically as you're as you're identifying those particular values and those are really just these pithy little statements that are easy to remember that you apply in your life and help you with your overall decision making so um but i would really start with those values first and, and your principles derive from from those particular values all right do you have anything any last parting parting thoughts on this before we close this down um no other than i i would really welcome some uh some other ideas from our listeners out there. You know, if, if you've got something else, maybe a little tidbit that while we're talking that you really wanted to chime in and you were really trying to tell us, but we weren't listening because we couldn't hear that far, um, send us an email. Let us know. Or send, uh, send Lucy uh, a little Twitter at, uh, at Fusion Under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can send all of those emails to contact at FusionUnderground.net. I get those immediately and uh, definitely read all of them. Uh, we've gotten quite a few. We've gotten a few, you know, I mean, quite a few is, is kind of relative, right? So with a very brand new podcast, we've, we've gotten 
I would say quite a few, but uh, hopefully we'll get more. And yeah, if you have anything that you want to chime in, um, even if you have ideas on, you know, want to share what your values are, um, send us, send it to us. We'll, we'll, as we, if, you know, as we collect more and more emails, I'd like to read them on, on, on the air, uh, when we're doing shows and recording shows, um, and, and maybe chime in and answer them if people have any questions or if they, they want to tell us how we're wrong. Um, so remember you can send us emails at contact at fusionunderground.net. So I think we've about covered it. I have no idea how long this is going to go. We'll figure all of that out, but, yeah. uh, that's okay. It'll be, it'll be good. On behalf of my co-host, uh, Jason Moret, I am Dr. Ramirez. We're at, we're the Fusion Underground. We'll see you next week. Take Cheers. care, everybody.